Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. All right, that sound and that music means that we are back talking uh, ACC football. This is Believe in the ACC uh, with our, your man Charlie Ward there, looking very nice in his FSU, still chopping. He hasn't stopped chopping, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. I love it. That is dedication and loyalty right there. <laughs> and this is your uh, guy, Lloyd Spence. Uh, hosting this great show, Believe in the ACC. How you doing, Charlie, man? You good? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I am excellent, man. I am excellent. It was a uh, it was a fun sports weekend overall. It was a fun sports weekend in the ACC. I don't know if the weekend told us a lot, because for the most part, those that were supposed to win won. But, you know, uh, it'll be uh, – we're off to a good start, and we're off to the uh, – start of this fantastic season and so far everybody's safe that's the best part uh so let's keep hopefully we keep that going right <laughs> uh, that is correct you know it's definitely uh great to see um football you know not just the acc but just the big 12 uh was in action some belt yeah, yeah. You, know, you know had some great wins um and nfl you know yeah that was, nfl you know, uh, playing as well, so it was just great to be able to see uh, see football and looking forward to uh, this weekend as well. No, I am too. I am too, and uh, it, it should be. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting weekend uh, as well in the ACC. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But I do, a uh, man, and 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 I'm only doing this because I have to. It's not a reflection of my love for you, brother. You know I love you, <laughs> but uh, but we got to start. With the game, I guess that was really the kind of the, the staple of the weekend for the ACC, and that is uh, the FSU game, man. And uh, quite honestly, uh, it was a shocker. I mean, it was a real shocker. I did not. I I'll be honest with you. I went into that game, and the way the game started, and and the way uh, FSU was playing, I was thinking, okay, well, they'll probably pull this one out and. You know, even though it's a little slow, but the, you can see that they were the better team or at least felt like they were the better team. But, man, I guess the old cliche is is true. If you let a bad team hang a lo- hang around long enough, they will figure out a way to win. And that's kind of uh, what happens. What are, your, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, actually, uh, Jordan Tech, I mean, they had some guys that were out, um, but they weren't a bad team. You know, the world okay. Yeah, they're well coached. Um, they have some very good athletes. And, you know, one of the things that from an offensive standpoint that gave them a chance was their quarterback. You know, he threw two interceptions early. Uh, he was able to hang in there, play uh, play with some great poise uh, down the stretch. And he also made plays with his legs. Uh, that was very, very instrumental in them keeping drives alive. And, you know, that's something I'm a big proponent of. Uh, you know, he made some, some very good throws as well. 
uh, to help their offense uh, continue to move the ball down the field, uh, whether it's playing field, field position. Um, and he made some key throws, you know, on the last uh, drive uh, to, to, to help him with, well, get him in the field goal range at the end, but to be able to, um, you know, kind of seal the game in, in a sense. And so it was tough to watch, you know, from a Florida State standpoint because yeah. we were up 10-0. Yeah. Um, and then offensively, we just couldn't get anything uh, moving in the right direction. Um, and defensively, you know, we gave up 16 points. But really, you know, it was all said and done. Uh, well, we gave up 14 points plus, you know, at the end yeah. where they ended up kicking the field goal. Uh, but the good positive things about, you know, the, the Seminoles, you know, the special teams were, were stellar. Uh, much better than we've seen in the past. Uh, but, of course, we'll talk about, I'll talk about it a little bit later. But offensively, we just got stagnant. Yeah. You know, it, it, for, and, and I'll say this, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I want to say this in the right way. When we say, when I say, I can't speak for other people in the country or other sports shows. When I say, quote, unquote, a bad team, I only go by projections. So I'm just looking at projections. But the reality is what you said. The Georgia Tech was well coached that day. And, and they played extremely well. They played uh, they played like a team who wanted to win. And, and they did everything that their coach asked them to do, and, and things fell in their way. Now, I, I do think Florida State, even after the Georgia Tech win, I still think Florida State is the better team. But, I, but, but listen, you only got to be good that day. You only got to be better that day. And that's Georgia Tech was better that day. And that's, and they did their job. And, and, and hey, listen, they, they won the game. So you can't really – you can't take that away from them, man. Uh, an impressive win for them. Uh, they start the season out in the ACC with a conference win. Now they're uh, uh, 1-0. So, I mean, that's – listen, that's what you want. That's what you want to do uh, going into the season. So, uh, let, we want to get a little bit deeper than that. First, I want to give you guys some information. Uh, and that information is very simple. We, it's uh, information about our wonderful sponsor. And let me uh, get that. I have the read right in front of me. And I think I just moved. There it is. Okay. Uh, our wonderful sponsor, uh, betonline.ag. And the wait is finally over. Football is back. So you might not be at the game this year. And that, and that was a little strange watching all these games with no fans. But you can still be on the action, uh, in on the action at Bet Online. Uh, I got a chance to look at the site today again, and a lot of great things going on. A lot of great spreads. If you are a betting person, there's a lot of great spreads for you to take advantage of, especially going into this week of foot, uh, football. Uh, so go take advantage from the game spreads and totals to the teams, to the players, and the coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino. Once you get bored with all the betting of games, you can go to the casino, hang out there, um, and, and hang out there as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports experts. So there we go. <coughs> um. Charlie, the when you look at the stats from the game, 
Um, again, it, it wasn't the a great effort, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a horrible effort. It just, it was, I think it was just the first game. And a right. lot of times in that first game, man, there's a lot, of, especially with this year, there's no scrimmages really. There's no cross scrimmages. There's no, it's just guys showing up and this wasn't a normal off season. So to me, everybody in the country really looked out of sync, really for the most part. It, 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 everybody's trying to figure out, even on the pro level, everybody's trying to figure out what this new normal looks like. So, you know, I'm not going to crucify black men for going 23 for 43, 198 yards um, uh, and a touchdown and an interception. I'm not going to crucify with Travis and Webb for combining for 19 carries and 78 yards. They, it, 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 I just don't think, I think that was the, everybody's going to be ramping up. Everybody's going to be ramping up. Uh, so the number, even good numbers look, look better than they probably are. Even bad numbers don't look as bad as they are, or they're not as bad as you think they are. What are your thoughts to kind of the, kind of the way guys perform? Um, uh, Jordan Tech, Sims, the quarterback Sims, he went, I think, 24 for 35, 277 yards. He actually threw two picks. Um, and you said something I want to comment on as well. I thought Florida State's defense was great. They were absolutely great. They were stellar. But it's just no defense can stay on the field forever. And it's, a, it's, it's both sides of the field. The offense has got to contribute. But six uh, normally uh, 14 points wins a game. If you can hold a team to only 14 points, that will normally win the game. So if Florida State's defense can still play on that level the rest of the season – uh, they're going to win more games than they lose, I think. Uh, well, I, I mean, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, as a, as a um, you know, there's always that competitive spirit in each, you know, side on each side of the ball. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, you're sitting there thinking, how can we hold them less than 14 points? Uh, because we know if we get them to zero or seven, uh, we definitely increased our chances of winning. Right. And I, I thought our defense played well, uh, you know, well enough to win. Uh, we uh, And offensively, we um, – our running game, I thought was, you know, 125 yards, you know, for rush, you know, rushing, rushing yeah. yards. Yeah. Um, we just got to do better in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the thing that really – hindered us uh, from really putting more points on the board, getting opportunities to keep drives alive. Uh, we had very little separation when we needed it uh, from a wide receiver standpoint. Um, and then when the wide receivers did get some separation, uh, you know, we weren't as efficient making those passes um, or the line broke down one of the two. Uh, so it's, it's a, I always, I always say, you know, as a coach and even as a player, you know, the first games can go either way. Yeah. Uh, you just hope you win that game so you can learn from it. Yeah. But it's still a learning process, those first games, because you're trying to work out all the kinks, and especially this year where you didn't have any really warm-up games in a sense. And so, you know, with, with this being Coach Norvell in the staff's first year, uh, you would have probably liked to play 
you know, Jacksonville or Sanford or someone like that first, or like some of the other teams did, just so you can kind of get your feet wet, yeah. uh, get your guys out there in your system so you can learn. Uh, but the schedule is the schedule, and you have to play it. Um, and they, you know, played a, a tough Georgia Tech team. Uh, but one thing I did, I do know about Coach Norvell and got an opportunity to kind of talk with him. They will, you know, put the film on, watch the tape, and then continue to improve upon the things that they can because he's detail-oriented. Uh, but they're going to have to figure out, you know, some things uh, as far as the passing game is concerned, um, how they can get some easier throws for Blackman, not just always behind a line of scrimmage, uh, but some downfield throws that may be able to loosen the defense up. Um, and also in the running game, you know, just kind of find, trying to find that explosive play, uh, plays, uh, in the run game because they only had like one. I think yeah. that was James Blackman uh, ran for either 13 or 16 yards or something like that on a scramble. Uh, and so if they can find explosive running plays to be able to open up the passing game and vice versa, it'll make the offense you know a lot easier. But as I've said and you've seen on a lot of the games, it's a hit or miss deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a hit or miss. And you're hopeful that you're you're uh, you're winning that game so that you can learn. But if you lose it, uh, you still can learn. And, and, and they lost 16-13, a very competitive game. And so I just think that was something they can continue to learn from. Charlie, you made a great point that they really – again, there's no there was no warm-up games. There's there's no uh, – you don't ever want to disrespect the college team, but there's no weaker opponent to, to, to kind of work out some of the kinks that you that you may or may not have in your in your offense or in your defense. So with that being said, you are playing a a, a, a team that probably has a measure of familiarity to you. So if you were the coach at Florida State, what would be some of the things? And I and I like what you said about finding ways to create the run game or get better runs uh, to set up the pass. Let me ask you this question. Is this is it? And we kind of get into X and O's here a little bit. But um, would you put Blackman in situations of maybe more screens to Travis or more screens to Webb to give him an opportunity to kind of open up the dimensions of the run as well as the passing game? Because sometimes that that bubble screen is 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 a form of a run, kind of like a an extended sweep kind of thing. And so you get the opportunity uh, to to push the push the line out a little bit, open up some lanes a little bit so that you can go downfield or even the middle of the field. How would you approach that to get them that, that space that they need to run the ball? Uh, well, yeah, I'm just a big believer in the short passing game uh, and, you know, taking mid-level mid, mid shots uh, on certain downs or downs in distance. Um, and then occasionally throwing the ball downfield, which is a low percentage throw most of the times. Right. Uh, but I, I'm just a big believer that you have to get your running backs if they can catch the basketball. I'm sorry, catch the football. Yeah. Uh, you have to get them involved in the passing game early in the first, first and second downs to give yourselves at least an opportunity to have sh uh, shorter uh, down the distance on third down. Yeah. Um, and your tight end. Uh, Cameron McDonald, uh, you know, he was, I thought, 
one of our better pass catchers no, absolutely. On, on Saturday. Absolutely. And he, he only got a, maybe a couple of catches. Yeah. Uh, and so I just think we can use him a little bit more, find ways to get him on some option routes. Uh, and, you know, get him. we got him down the field. Um, a couple on the first drive, we got him down the field on a, on a vertical route, made a nice catch. It was a nice throw and a nice catch. Yeah. And so I just think we can use him a little bit more in the passing game uh, on some mid-level throws, some short throws um, to keep keep us ahead of the chains. And one of the things that I I, I was admiring about, um, there was someone that I was watching, uh, oh, it was uh, LA, LA uh, Rams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing against Dallas Cowboys last night and how Jared Goff, was getting the ball out of his hands mm-hmm. uh, because they had a stop pass rush. And when the ball is coming out of your hands and guys are running crisp routes, uh, short routes, and then that will help open up some of the longer routes. Um, I just think we can use our running backs probably a little bit more um, in our tight end a little bit more er- on early downs. And, yes, the screens are good. Now, Jordan Travis is a quarterback. You keep referring to Travis. Jordan Travis is a quarterback. We got uh, Corbin and uh, Webb are the two running backs. Right, and, Corbin and Webb, right, right. Yeah. Right. Now, they're very, they're very good running backs. Uh, we just have, probably have to give them, give them more um, touches uh, in the run game, but also in the passing game, uh, just so we can keep teams honest. Uh, because I know a lot of teams, whenever they're playing zone, you have to find those running backs in the zone early to keep the chains ahead of us. Um, and also man to man, they, most times they have advantages. Um, and I'm saying you can't do it every down or every play, but you have to mix it in um, just to keep the defense honest. And so I think they'll be looking at all those things. Of course, the offensive line got a little bit banged up and they had to go back to some of their uh, reserves. And I thought they did okay. I mean, they weren't as bad as they've been in the past, uh, but I think they can continue to be better. Uh, but I was just – we had some drops, uh, some crucial drops. Uh, James threw some nice passes, and we had some drops. Uh, some of them may not have been on time, but uh, – there were a couple that were, may not have been on time. Mm-hmm. But as a receiver, when the ball is that close to you, you want to make sure that you get an opportunity because you don't know if it's going to come back to you. Yeah. Uh, I just know when I was a, a freshman, uh, we had – they called themselves the Fab, the fab Four or, or, or something like that. And uh, their whole mission was not to let the ball hit the, hit the ground. Mm. Um, and so they just, like, throw the ball up, we'll go up and get it. Um, and that's the way they made their name. Um, and so I just think that, you know, whenever – regardless of who the quarterback is, if the ball is close, you're expected – to go up and get it if you're a receiver. And as a quarterback, you want to make sure that you're giving them a catchable ball. Um, And so it's just a matter of them getting on the same page, uh, working those things out. And I do believe, as you said, this is the first game, uh, first time playing against someone else. Um, I know they struggled in the the scrimmages sometimes with our defense. Uh, So that kind of gave them a look. Uh, But when you're playing against someone else and – they don't really – you really don't know, per se, what they're going to do and who, who the personnel is. Uh, you just have to try to fill them out. But 
hopefully we got a week off uh, this week. And then next week we have, you know, the following week we got UM. You know, I, I um, and, and I guess one of the reasons why I brought up Travis, and in the, I know he's a, he's a transfer quarterback, but I, they, they're putting him in these run situations. And I think it may be, and then you tell me, and then, I, and then we'll jump over to some other stuff. But I, 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 it feels like either, I don't know where they are with Blackman, and maybe you can speak to this, um, but, you know, with him being a transfer quarterback, young, uh, are they just putting them out there because they're just they want that extra run, they want that speed, they want that athleticism, or is this maybe kind of their way of kind of saying, hey, you know, we kind of easing this kid in, kind of seeing where he is, putting him in these situations where he has to run the ball, but at the same time, we see something there. We may, you know, if Blackman doesn't turn this around per se, uh, we may make a change. Uh, well, Jordan missed some time due to illness. Um, that he had, and he's just getting back. Right. So, you know, that was probably one of the reasons why they chose Blackman um, so early. Um, you know, before like the first game, it was it was like like a week before. Yeah. Uh, because Jordan was out, and now that he's back and trying to get healthy, um, I, I do believe Jordan to me uh, gives he gives us a chance to be able to. Uh, have that added dimension, um, like a, a, the quarterback at Louisville. Yeah, um, Cunningham. Yeah. Cunningham. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the kid at Georgia Tech, um, Jeff Sims. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's that extra dimension where you can actually put him in the run game as well as the passing game and it throw, you know, it, the defense has to play both aspects yeah um and so it'll be interesting to see moving forward if they give jordan the healthy he gets uh, more opportunities to be able to showcase some of that um you know dual threat uh within the offense because it definitely opens up the run game um it opens up the run game for the running backs mm -hmm. um and it opens up the passing game if he can hit some of those pass plays, uh, pa you know, pass plays in the passing game, which I do believe he's been, you know, he's gotten better. I, I always thought he was a, a pretty good passer, um, but they've always put him in running situations. And, of course, he's been effective doing that. But I just think he's an overall uh, good quarterback. And I'd just be interested to see how they, how they handle that situation. Um, of course, James has been there. Yeah, he had numerous coordinators and oh yeah, and what have you? Uh, but it just seems like you know whenever he's on, he's on, and whenever he's not having a good game, it's tough to watch. Yeah, so well, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. Um, and um, I'm I'm very curious myself. I I think Jordan is 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 a is a solid player. And so um, we'll see. We'll just have to see. Let's jump over to, um, and again, you're listening to Believe in the ACC, uh, sponsored by BetOnline.ag. And uh, we're, it's gonna, let's, uh, let's flip over to a couple of other games. Uh, just real quick, we run through a, a couple of the, uh, I guess, kind of uh, games that I would say are key. And the two games, I guess, that are really key, um, going in, especially going into next week, uh, Miami got their first win. 
uh, against UAB. They were able to beat them uh, 31-14, uh, led by their quarterback. Um, oh, uh, De- I'm going to De- De- mess his name up. De'Eric King. There you go. Yeah. De'Eric King uh, yeah. played pretty well. Uh, looks like he had he uh, had about 144 yards, uh, a touchdown for that game, and uh, just you know, they, they they listen that that's a warm up. That was the warm up game that that everybody probably wanted to have uh, in the season. So they got their warm up game. Uh, Louisville got their warm up game as they will take on Miami next uh, Saturday. I guess it's actually the college game day. Uh, game of the uh, week, actually, and uh, they they also won, beating Western Kentucky. Had a had a little bit of a I won't say a tougher time, but they definitely the defense gave up a couple touchdowns uh, late. But uh, Louisville definitely looks pretty good this year. Uh, uh, Makai Cunningham played a, a really good game. The defense looks a lot better, uh, so it'll be interesting. This game, uh, Miami versus Louisville next week. Looks like it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, what are your What are your um, thoughts as we as we set up for that first really big ACC game of the year uh, between Louisville and Miami? Uh, well, definitely, it's going to be a must watch for the two quarterbacks. Uh, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Um, Actually, I coached uh, De'Eric King, or DJ, as we called him. Get out! Okay, all right. Um, in Houston, his, his freshman year, uh, he, was at my, he was at our school, uh, Westbury Christian. That was my only successful uh, year as a football coach. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, but he's a very good player, very talented. He's got much bigger over the years, but very dynamic. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how the defenses handle uh, those two quarterbacks because both of them can move, both of them can throw from the pocket. Uh, they can make plays with their feet. Yeah. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how the defenses handle, uh, you know, those two quarterbacks. Miami's defense, their front front four, you know, they they were okay, um, and then on the back end they were okay. Yeah. Um, they had some, some, you know, some holes, some breakdowns. I'm sure they're working to try to get those things fixed as well uh, after the first game. As we said, the first game is a great learning um, uh, experience. You just hope you win it. Um, so both teams, I think, you know, and, and even with Louisville, uh, they had some breakdowns later in the game yeah. um, against Western Kentucky. They had a guy very similar to DJ, uh, you know, a, I can't think of his name, but it was Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was very, he was solid. The time that I saw him, he was very, he was solid late. Uh, using his legs, they, they used him in the run game on quarterback counters and all the different things. And it gave Louisville some, some problems. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be interesting to see uh, if, um, how both defenses kind of handle those two quarterbacks. And it can definitely be a shootout. Um, I know Cunningham got away with a few throws uh, where his, his receivers kind of bailed him out. Um, but, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a very, you know, a very good game. Well, you know, you, you said you said it correctly and, and right on point. Uh, his receiving core is pretty good. Fitzpatrick, Smith, 
Atwell, Tutu Atwell, all really, really talented receivers, all very fast receivers. That Tutu Atwell is a blazer. And uh and and yes, he uh they they have the ability to make up for a lot of mistakes. Uh so uh while while he did throw for 343 yards and three touchdowns, uh he went 19 to 34. So I know there's still a lot of work, a lot of things to clean up there. Um, you know, there's a lot of missed throws, a lot of miscues. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think you're right. Uh, scheduling a Western Kentucky and a quarterback like Pegram is probably the warm-up uh, that they wanted to get ready for Miami because that gives them the opportunity to kind of see something similar, not maybe not the same level of speed, but something similar uh, in nature and 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 to kind of scheme for that so they can get ready for that team. But that, that should be a really good game. I think it's going to really come down – to just one thing and one thing only, whose defense can stop the other one, uh, can bend but not break. Because I, I do agree with you, it's probably going to be a reasonably high-scoring game. Which defense can make the critical stop at the end um, will will be probably be the winner of that game. So looking forward to seeing that one this weekend. We'll run through a couple of others here. Clemson uh, no left no doubt who they are. Uh, in dominating Wake Forest this weekend, beating them 37-13. Uh, Notre Dame got the win. Uh, their, their first ever ACC win. How's that? <laughs> um, and they beat Duke this weekend, 27-13. And North Carolina uh, really dominated Syracuse. I was surprised uh, that North Carolina dominated Syracuse uh, the way that they did. Sam Howell, uh, uh Decent game, uh, 295 yards, uh, a touchdown. Did throw a couple of picks in that game, but a decent game by uh, Howe. But uh, I think the person that uh, uh, impressed me the most, which to no surprise to anybody, was uh, Chaz Surratt. Man, Chaz Surratt was incredible. Nine tackles, two sacks. I mean, he had a uh, phenomenal game. I think four of those tackles were solos. So, I mean, this kid has something really, really special. Uh, I love his speed. I love his speed to the ball. Uh, he is just not and, – and he, and he goes to the ball. He's not waiting on the guy to come to him. He's going to the play, which is impressive. So I'm looking forward to seeing North Carolina uh, in, in some maybe some more competitive-type games, but uh, a great win for them. What are your thoughts, your early thoughts on those three contenders, Clemson, Notre Dame, and North Carolina? Well, Clemson, uh, I mean, they just Clemson as, as you know, that's, that's been the thing, you know, before they were winning, uh, they were called Clemsoning, you know, whatever that meant, you know. No, it now, makes, listen, that makes sense. That's as crazy as it sounds, it makes perfect sense. And now, you know, Clemsoning is, you know, beating everybody, you know, being solid, fundamentally sound, you know, they got a bunch of uh, dudes. Uh, that play, you know, play, uh, play well, play hard, uh, play within their system. Um, you know, they really didn't get tested yeah. uh, the way they probably will at some point in time on the deep from the defensive uh, side of the ball. Mm -hmm. But offensively, man, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how their offensive line continue to improve. They're going to have to improve. Uh, they're young, uh, young uh, guys. You know, new starters. I think they had like four new starters, something. 
Right. And so it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think most of those guys had some snaps last year because, you know, they played a lot of people last year. Yeah. A lot of guys last year, just like they did on Saturday. And so, but well, the good thing about blowing people out is you can get your, your backup some experience. <laughs> but the key, the key to their to their offense is of course you need some sound offensive line play. But the key to their offense is Trevor Lawrence and uh, Travis Etienne. Um, and between those two guys, you have the passing game because everything goes through the quarterback. If he's if he's making great decisions, balls on point, all those things, it makes life so much easier. Yeah. Um, and then when you have a running game like Travis, there are so many ways you can get him involved in that. Not just running with the bat or with the football, but also passing it to him. I know they do a lot of sh short screens with him um, and get linemen out. And he's like, uh, I don't know, he's like a Ferrari. I yeah. mean, he's like, he's like running down, down the uh, street. Mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't care if people are coming. I mean, he's just like oh. running through people. And it's just, it's just it's nice to see, um, you know, guys run with confidence. And, you know, they just run their offense. I mean, it's – They've been in it, you know, Travis has been in it for um, three years now. Yeah. I mean, all of them been in it for, you know, I mean, Trevor and Travis, they've all been in it for multiple, more than three years. And so I just think it's uh, something that they're going to continue to get better at defensively. I mean, they have everything they need. Um, I'm just a little curious about the, the back end because uh, they lost some some top, top, top players right. back there. And they're right. replacing with some other good players, but they're relatively young and didn't get a lot of uh, experience in a sense, uh, playing a lot. I know they played, but they didn't play a lot. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how they progress, uh, playing against some, some other uh, probably better wide receiver cores yeah. um, on offenses. You know, Lawrence, uh, who, who threw on, I think he had, one of the things I love about Trevor Lawrence, um, his efficiency is amazing. Like he, 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 he doesn't do more than what that play required. And that's, and that's, that to me is one of the better qualities of quarterbacks being able to know that either I have a chance to do something unique in this play, or this is the, this is what the defense is giving me, or let's live to fight another day. And he has all three of those levels, which is, you know, as crazy as it sounds, and that you know this better than anybody, that every quarterback doesn't have that. Some quarterbacks want – they just got to make that play or they got to run if they don't – you know, as great as Lamar Jackson was in college, one of the big things that he had to learn was sometimes you got to live to fight another day. You know, right. you, you, with your speed, with your ability, get the next one. And sometimes he, he just – that first year, man, he couldn't get that in his head. But now, you know, obviously he's settled into that very well. But Trevor Lawrence, 22 of 28, 351 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He gets it. He really, really understands how to do it on all three levels. Lloyd. Yeah. Let's be real. How open were the guys? <laughs> Come on, Lord, I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably still get hit. Them dudes. I'm sitting there watching. I mean, he's throwing out routes. Ain't, ain't nobody close. He's throwing, he's throwing curl routes or hitches. 
you know, ain't nobody oh close to throwing slants. You know, yeah, there's, no, there's really no contested throws the other night that he had, even though he's a great quarterback. He made some some great throws. I'm not taking that from him. No, no, no. Right, 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 right. I mean, you know, one, one time he hit the tight end, and it was off a play action fake. Like early in the game, I mean, there was nobody around the tight end. Nobody there, right? And so, yeah. I mean, they tackled him 20, 20, 25 yards down the field, the safety. And I'm sitting there like, you know, that's great. Um, and it, it's, yes, it's part of what they do. And right. that's the way, you know, that's the way you can be efficient when you have a solid run game and your quarterback is making the right reads and pull, yeah. you know, pulling reading the right right keys, and then you see guys running open. And I'm sitting there like – it, it's, it's definitely not hard when when they're wide open. It's a lot easier to make that. I'm not, taking, I'm not taking anything away from him. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying – Not at all. Not there, at all. There, there are a lot of guys running free, and some of it's scheme, you know, and some of it is, you know, guys, you know, making – running good routes. And, and let's just be – and, again, in this spirit of honesty, Wake Forest is not there yet. They don't have the experience. They don't have the players yet. It's just not quite there yet. So, you're right. It, it, that wasn't the opponent to really measure what Clemson really is yet. Uh, but, listen, you're supposed to be the team you're supposed to be, right? So, they did what they were supposed to do. Travis Etienne – uh, 17 carries, 102 yards. You're supposed to be the team you're supposed to be. So you 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 you, just, you, you can't be mad at Clemson for doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, no, no. Yeah, I've been in that I've been in that situation before. Yeah, you know, I, I seen our senior year, we very similar, uh, and we beat teams. You know, early on, we beat them pretty good. I mean, yeah. and it looked like, you know, that's one thing I I keep telling my team. Uh, that I coach today, I'm like, hey, the, the score would dictate, you know, how hard we play. And because if we're better than the, the other team and we're playing harder and executing better, mm -hmm. the score would dictate that. But if you're just going through the motions and you have talent and you're just going through the motions, you're going to end up in a dog fight. Yeah. But when you go out and execute at a high level, like Clemson, and I know the teams that I played on my senior year, we went, went out and executed at a high level. The, the games were blowouts early. Let me ask you this question, because you, you bring up a very, very interesting point, Charlie. Uh, and I'm going to use Pittsburgh as the example to my question. Austin P. they play Austin P. It's supposed to be a dominant performance. It's supposed to be a round, and it was. Beat them 55 to nothing. But here's my question. Is it better? I think it's better for a team that is good to blow out a team. And here's why. Here's the reason why I say that. You're supposed to be seeing where you are and where you're going at the same time. So if you're not, like you just said, I thought you said it so eloquently. If you're not playing at a high level all the time, then there is this propensity to play down to your competition. And you right. never want to play down to your competition. So I think 
And I know a lot of coaches don't like it. I know I definitely know a lot of fans don't like it. But I have never been, you know, when I was playing basketball, if we were better than you, we were better than you. We're going to beat you like a drum. And that's right. just how it's going to be. But that that's because we were trying to get to a much bigger goal. And when you're trying to get to that much bigger goal, you just say, we're going to play high level. We're going to play every, we're going to do everything we can to win. And it's your responsibility to stop us. It's not ours to play down to your level. What do you thought? What do you think about that? No, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I, you know, I was raised on, um, but I've been on both sides. Um, you know, as a player, we've had great teams and we played at a high level and a team that was on the opposite side, they just didn't have a chance. Um, you know, they had athletes, but we had more. And we were, we were going to execute at a high level because guys are going to make plays. Defensive, offense, special teams, it didn't matter. And, uh, and I've been on the other side where the team's just been better than, <laughs> than us. And we know, we know that. And we have a game plan going in on how we can try to keep the score down and how we can do this. But, you know, at some point in time, those guys, you know, on the other side, if they're executing at a high level, we know we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And so these games, you know, regardless of what the score looks like, uh, you know, like North Carolina, you know, really they pulled away in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, they got some, they got, they got, got it to where it was 31 to six late in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think they scored, started scoring more points in the fourth. Uh, but throughout, you know, first half, it was close. Um, and the start of the third quarter, it, you know, it was close. Um, and then you started to see the, their talent and execution. The guys that they have, you know, start to come out and play play well. The running back, they couldn't stop. Um, I can't think of his name. I know it's number, number 25. Uh, is that Carter? Yeah. I no. think it's, uh, or is that? No, no, no. That's the. Um, Davis. Was it uh, Davis? Yeah. Um, is it? No, no, no. It's uh, Williams. Williams. Jay Williams. Yeah, Williams. Yeah. He was, yeah. you know, he came on. And they kind of started to run, run the ball down their throats um, and put them in difficult situations. Defensively, they started, you know, giving giving them the opportunities from an offense standpoint, talking about North Carolina. And then that's when you started to see them poured on um, yeah. towards the end. And so this is the first game, you know, like we've said before, first game, uh, kind of seeing where you are. And when you're the better team, eventually you're going to have – you know, opportunities where you can pull away. And that's exactly what they did, Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to pull away from Sam Howell, you know, had two interceptions, you know, one touchdown, two interceptions. He wasn't early on. He wasn't sharp. Right. Uh, but this is another year uh, very similar to how Trevor Lawrence started last year, which was his second year. And he struggled early on. Right. Because he had a right. great first year. And then that second year, you know, he kind of struggled early on. He had like eight picks in the first, you know, seven games or whatever it was. It was some crazy number. Yeah, it was. Um, it was, it was yeah, he he had, he had he had a rough rough start that because North Carolina almost beat him early last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just you know they'll find their way. Um, he, and the good thing about it, he has a run game to where he doesn't have to, you know, carry the load. Um, of the offense, you know, totally on his shoulders. And so that's the reason why I just think, you know, having a balanced offense and defense, 
you know, if you if you can stop the run, then that puts less pressure on your back end because you know what's going to happen. Um, if they if they can't run and they're passing the whole time, then that means you can rush the passer. Yeah. Uh, but if you can't stop the run, then that's going to put strain on your your passing game because now the safeties have to get involved in the run and the corners are thinking about you know run and so. Now you now you kind of open up the floodgates in the passing game, and so that's why balance. And let's just go balance in life, but balance in football in the sport yeah. is very very important yeah. um, that you have it. No, I, I I completely agree with that. Um, you're listening to the Believe in the ACC podcast, Charlie Ward, Lloyd Spence here with you. Uh, I want I want to play a little game with you, Charlie. I just call it simply who, and then I'll tag something on the end of that who. So in your mind, uh, who shined the brightest? Who could be the team or who could be the player? But who shined the brightest uh, in week two of the of the uh, college football season? Uh, well, ACC, we're talking about Clemson. ACC. Yeah. I mean, Clemson was the team that shined the brightest because they, I think they, they dressed 80. I think 78 of them played. <laughs> but the crazy part about it was, you know, everyone – was cheering for one another, um, and it's just their culture. You know, you you, you just want to be a part of it. It just seems like it's fun. Um, I'm sure they have business moments, but when it looks like they're having fun, they look. I mean, it's fun to be a be a part of something like that. And so, you know, that would be my who, you know, was uh, shining. What is it? The shining the brightest mm-hmm. last week. I'll go player on that one, and I'll and I'll also go Clemson, and I'll even go more specific. Uh, I I just like what I saw from uh, Trevor Lawrence, and 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 I'll even give a dual award here to Travis Etienne. You know, life is so much easier when you got two potential first round picks. I mean, it's in it, the it, same backfield. In the same backfield, it makes it kind of nice, man. So they both played extremely well. Okay, so who? Surprised you the most? Who surprised you the most? Uh, I would go with uh, the Pitt Panthers. Um, you know, they of course played Austin P. Right. But they also made Austin P. look like they supposed to look. Right. I guess an ACC I mean, team. Yeah. And yeah. so we we saw, you know, in the Big Twelve, how the Sun Belt. Uh, three Sun Belt teams come in and dominate or, or two of them dominate and one, you know, win uh, late. Uh, and for Pitt to put it on Austin P, who's played a game before uh, them uh, was, was simply uh, something I was, you know, not, I said shock, but they played well. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, uh, 277 yards, one touchdown on the day. Uh, listen, they I, I can't take that away from them at all. They did. I'll be honest with you, mine was Georgia Tech. I did not think they'd pull that game out. I just I just felt like it would because Florida State's defense was so good, I just didn't think Georgia Tech could would ever get it really going, and, and they surprised me. So I'll give my who surprised me to uh, – uh, Georgia Tech. So, who needs a little work? Who needs a little work? 
Well, I'm going to go with my hometown Seminoles. <laughs> okay. Uh, our passing game uh, needs a little work. Um, and I'm sure Coach Dillingham and Coach uh, Norvell and the offensive staff, you know, passing game-wise, will figure it out. The, 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 the uh, offensive line uh, will find a way to be able to handle stunts and also block, block their guys. Um, I just think we, we need to create more separation. Uh, Tom around Terry, of course, got hurt in the game. And so he was hobbled and him trying to create separation, uh, which he was one of our go-to guys was, was lacking. Um, and then when he did get separation, we didn't have time to throw him the football. I think that's when we got a strip sack, uh, late. And so, it's uh, something. Hopefully, we can figure it out. As I mentioned earlier, we need to find they need to find ways to uh, hit their tailbacks more um, and tight ends on earlier downs to try to keep keep us ahead of the sticks. If we're going to pass the football early, I'm, I'm going to give mine. I think to Syracuse. Um, to it was it. I know they're in a new scheme. I know uh, they got a new defense coordinator and Tony White. And they're in a three-three-five, and and they're still trying to figure out. But for three quarters, it looked all right. It looked all right uh, against a really good team. It right. just kind of fell apart at the end. So I think they need a little bit more work. They're, 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 I think it has the potential to be really good, uh, and to be able to keep North Carolina confused that long. That says a lot about the potential of what it could be. So maybe just a little more work. Again, not having a real offseason probably played as much a part in that for both teams in that game uh, as anything. But I think if, if they can work on that a little bit more, it could be interesting. It could be very interesting for Syracuse. You know, I guess I really like Dino Babers, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. I really want to see him uh, be successful. Okay. Uh, our final question, our final who question is, we just asked who needs a little work. Now who needs a lot of work? Well, I'm going to go with the guy, the team that you just mentioned, Syracuse. Okay, okay. Um, I just think from a – I know defensively they were able to cause some havoc, but offensively uh, they struggled. And so yeah. my man uh, DeVito – he was uh, 13 for 31 yeah. for 122 yards. And I don't know if that's going to get it done in high school. <laughs> Spence. Right. Right. Uh, no, you're right. You're but, uh, right. But I, I think they need a lot of work. Um, I know, you know, I don't know. He's been there for a few years now. And, and so I'm sure they lost some guys. Uh, but offensively, you know, and this time is, is going to be difficult uh, if, especially with not having spring, uh, things aren't normal. Um, and if you don't have that quality quarterback and some quality receivers and a decent offensive line, you're going to struggle uh, being able to navigate your way through. And so, you know, of course, if you don't, if you're not able to pass the ball, it's going to be hard to run unless you are built for that. Yeah. And I don't think they are built for that. So I think if I had to choose a team, uh, it would be Syracuse. 
that needs a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to go uh, a player on this one. I'm going to surprise you on this one. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ian Book because I think it's now or never for him. Uh, man, you're a senior. Uh, you, you, this is this is it. I mean, you can't go 19 to 31. You just can't. And and it, his whole career has been these flashes of good play, and then and then something that doesn't look quite like it's supposed to look. And now it doesn't look like it's supposed to look as a senior, and that's not good. So if Notre Dame has any, and I mean any, national championship aspirations. Ian Book has to be way, way more consistent than he has been. They're putting all of the load on Kyron Williams right now, and, and he can't do everything. Kyron Williams had 112 yards rushing. He had a 93 yards receiving. Well, what else you want to do? Do you want to throw the ball? Do you want to do all the blocking? He can't do everything. Ian's got to help him and really step up to the plate and be the quarterback that his potential says he can be. So I, I'm putting mine on Ian Book, man. Now It's now or never. It, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on Ian Book? Uh, I don't think he, like you said, I don't think he had a, a game that everyone was expecting. Uh, but then again, we're on the first game, and, you know, hopefully he can get it together. I see, I know they're playing South Florida uh, this week, this weekend coming up. So it'll be interesting to see you know, the maturation process or the improvement from this past week to the next week, and not just Ian Book, but all the guys, you know, playing because one week you can be great, and that's, you know, for the first week, and then the second week you may struggle depending upon the team you play. So I'm just interested in see, you know, how these guys, because I know with, um, I think, was it Williams? The, the running back, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, um, he did yeah. everything. He did everything for Notre Dame, and so it'll be interesting to see moving forward how teams will start prepare for him because I think he may have come out of nowhere. I mean, really, no one knew much about him, right? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how teams prepare for him moving forward. Well, the the good news is is that Kyron Williams seems to have quote unquote arrived. So. If he's as good as that game says he is, then everything really should be a lot easier for Ian Book to perform. So I was so I'm surprised that the numbers and the performance doesn't look better. Now, to his credit, he did spread the ball around pretty well, but still, man, 19 of 31, that's that's not gonna get it done. Not against good teams. Well, I mean, he, he also lost some some quality receivers. Yeah, that's true. That's very you know, top receivers from last year, and he's trying to work in some other guys. And I saw uh, one of the guys, um, one of the receivers, one of his big tall receivers, tweaked his hamstring or pulled his hamstring during the course of the game, and he was out. Yeah, uh, for that game, number eleven. Um, but I just think um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, seeing seeing teams from week to week how they improve. Um, and if they can, if, if they can prove from one week to the next week, uh, then you can start to see the better teams uh, take 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 charge. Yeah, I like. I definitely would like to see them have a breakout game on on in, in week three and see what what they really are um, against a South Florida team that that 
though they did win, they should, by all intents and purposes, Notre Dame should win that game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Charlie, you got a top five for me. Do you have a top five in the ACC for me? Um, yes. All right. Of course, we're gonna, I'm going to go with uh, Clemson as a top team. Okay. I mean, it's a toss-up between Notre Dame and North Carolina. Okay. Uh, then you got Louisville and Miami. I think that's a solid list. I think that's definitely a solid list. I think mine is pretty much the same. I think I might flip uh, Louisville and North Carolina into the one or two spot there simply because I think Mikael Cunningham played a little bit better than Sam Howe, uh, and the receivers for Louisville were really impressive. Uh, but, but I mean, that's a, that's a pick them game, really. I mean, pick them between those two. Uh, and then, and then I would put probably Notre Dame would be fifth on that list. Uh, I put Miami ahead of them. So we pretty, I think we got pretty much got the same group there. Listen, I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. It should be an outstanding, uh, weekend of football again. I pray everybody stays safe again <laughs> and we yeah. can see this. It's nice to have some normalcy in the midst of all of this chaos in 2020. It's really, it was, I think that was the thing that I appreciated most about this weekend. Though there were no fans in the stands, uh, it still felt, felt a little bit normal, and I like that. Well, I'll say kudos uh, to the marching chiefs, uh, Florida State. We actually had our band at the uh, game the other night. Wow. They found a way to make it safe. Um, and so you saw them with masks, and they had holes where the miles were, and they nice. were blowing, blowing the instruments. Nice. And, and they had some covering at the bottom of their instruments if they had, you know, the openings. And, um, and so that was, uh, that was kudos to the marching chiefs for finding a way to make playing safe. That playing is awesome. Instrument safe. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Charlie, thanks for coming on, man. And I appreciate you, uh, as always, coming on. Listen, this is our show. What are we talking about coming on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Thursday where we'll preview the games that are coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll get into some more uh, ACC talk. Uh, and then also, we will have a decision by the NCAA in relation to what college basketball is going to look like. So we should know a little bit more about that by our show uh, on Thursday. So we'll get into some of that and talk about uh, what the decision is, what our thoughts on that decision is, and uh, what the season, the college basketball season, might look like in a general sense. We won't maybe get into some of the specifics of teams, but we'll talk about what it looks like in general. So, Charlie, man, I love you. I appreciate you, brother. Um, I'll be, I'm still cheering for your, your, your Seminoles, man. I'm, I'm hoping they can kind of turn it around. <laughs> we'll get it turned around. We got enough dudes to, to do it and good coaching staff, but I'm looking forward to just good, good, clean, competitive football and you live with the results. There you go. There you go. I love your perspective. Uh, listen, man, you've been listening to Believe in the ACC. 
I am Lloyd Spence. That is the incomparable Charlie Ward. We will see you on Thursday with another show. Until then, may God bless you. May God keep you. Hey, everybody. It's Lloyd Spence. And I want to tell you about a brand new Facebook page called The Noisemakers. The Noisemakers page is where our fans can see all of the visuals, the videos of all of our podcasts, web series, and more. That's right. Even this podcast, Talking Noise, you can see me, Kenyatta, and Shake on the Noisemakers Facebook page. See us daily. See all our shows. Like Believe in the ACC, featuring myself and Charlie Ward, The Five, Uncorked Wine, and much, much more. Check us out on Facebook, The Noisemakers page, and become a noisemaker today. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.